Welcome to the Side Talks Podcast, a podcast about movies. That's right. Starring, do you like that? Yeah, I do. Starring Corey Kraft and Rachel Morgan. With musical guest. uh, Splash 96. Splash 96. And here's your host, Sam. Oh, Sam's taking over? No. Sorry, Sam. I just had to take that over, to over its logical conclusion. Uh, what's up, ding-dongs? Oh, man. In the, the Saturday Night Live announcer voice that time. Yikes. Get it? All right, let's 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 get to talking about movies, please. Side Talks Podcast. That's what we do. I'm Corey Kraft. Well, I'm Rachel Morgan. Did you say that already? I said both of our names already, but that's okay. We can. I was too busy thinking that. about the Saturday Night Live ding-dongs really thing. You really were. What's this shit? Got it out of the way pretty quick. A little L7 vibe to it. <laughs> so I'm going to describe a film to you. I want to just let me preface this by saying I actually don't think that this film is shit. A lot of this is this is kind of a hint for okay, you too. Okay? okay. So you're going to try to guess this sucker. I'm going to tell you the very beginning of this film. Okay. So I don't actually think it's shit. I actually like this film a lot, but a lot of people put it on worst of lists. So you, you're already kind of getting a lot of hints here. Okay. And uh, But I, I do love it, love it. And this is the, the opening of the film. I, and I thought about it because on my way here, I heard a song uh-huh. that brought it that sort of shook my memory about it. So I'm going to tell you that song in a second because I don't want to give you too many clues here. Okay. But it opens up with a, a with a bridge with one of the what do you call it the um the bridge that opens what why can I think of well, a drawbridge yeah drawbridge yeah, drawbridge yeah. so it opens with a drawbridge uh, with people on the drawbridge oh, no. and it's terrifying because you know there's a motorcycle on the drawbridge there's some cars on the drawbridge and it starts opening anyway uh-huh. and all the cars and everything starts sliding no the motorcycles it's a crazy shot of a motorcycle falling and the guy that's on the motorcycle falling down uh-huh and then there's a dude in ATM. A okay. very familiar dude to you, by this the way. This is Maximum Overdrive. This is Ding 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 Maximum Overdrive. And of course, I heard ACDC on my way here and uh, thought of the opening of his film. The dude at the ATM, the ATM tells Stephen King himself, making a little cameo. To, Hell's bells! What is it? Uh, fuck you, the ATM yeah. says. And he's like, huh? Yep. And doesn't it just start shooting cash at him or something? I think so. Yeah. Or worse. Or I worse. Know. I mean, one of the best scenes to me in this film is when the kid, when the Coke machine won't work. This, yeah. This made me terrified of Coke machines <laughs> when I was a kid because I've done the same thing where the Coke doesn't come out. So you kind of lean down and you look into the little, you know, where the, where the Coke drops. But of course, when the kid does that, a, a Coke's like, comes out really fast and hits him in the head. Yep. I like this movie. Do you like this movie? I have a soft spot for this movie. I wouldn't say it's good in the conventional sense, but I I, think it's a good film. I I like this movie because I have a fondness, of course, for King and King adaptations. Uh, Yardley Smith, the voice of Lisa Simpson in this movie. Yeah, that's who else? Who else is in this thing? It's got is Pat Hengel in this thing? Might be. It's got a. It's got a weirdly like. Loaded cast, Good kind cast. of. Well, and I mean, Emilio's at like maybe this is like between Repo Man and this is uh-huh. when Emilio's just at his best. He's looking chunky in that little white T-shirt. <laughs> I mean, chunky in a good way, like like you know, right? Like stock, like stacked up chunky. He's got that good little bubble butt. I love Emilio. <laughs> I do. I do. Anyway, this is um. You know, a friend of mine, it really bothered him that his his sister, who was like a couple years younger than him and in her bedroom, had a picture of Emilio Estevez from like a, you know, a Teen Beat magazine or something and had it push pinned up on the wall. And he didn't and Emilio didn't have a shirt on. And it just like stuck with him his whole life. And he what? said he just kind of said Emilio's bod wasn't one that should really be, you know, that wasn't worthy of the shirt off moment. Um, I disagree. Well, I disagree. He's got kind of that young Elvis bod. 
which I don't mind. It's like a little hairless cat. I like it. I have to admit that I have never spent this amount of time considering <laughs> Emilio Estevez's body. Isn't but, it weird that I have? Um, We've talked about Emilio Estevez's bod on this podcast before, too, as a matter of fact. I'm so, sure it's come up. You know what he I'm going to do? comes up a, an awful lot. You know what I'm going to do? You know when back in the day when you'd go to the mall uh-huh. and you could bring in two photographs, it'd be like a photograph of you and a photograph of your boo, and that and the person in the mall would would sort of pastel you together and a no, picture I, together, like like an airbrush. Well, that thing? was a thing. It, no, it was it was a painting for framing in like your living room. What? Yeah. No, I have no yes, memory of absolutely. this. Absolutely. Well, just so y'all know, there was a kiosk in the mall. It was a very common thing in the '80s and into the '90s, uh-huh. where you know a person would who had some artistic ability would take photos and combine them so that you could kind of get a picture with maybe you know either you wouldn't have to be there. Right? So, so you, you would bring your, in, like, say, a yeah. magazine cut out of Emilio Estevez. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to do. You. The intention was never to do that. The intention was for it to be your true boo or your family or sure, like sure, maybe sure. even your father who passed away and you never had a picture together. Right. So they put them an image together with you. I am going to, if this still exists anywhere in the world, I'm going to go to one of those kiosks and I'm going to get my pastel made with Emilio Estevez. Somebody please just Photoshop this for Rachel and email it <laughs> to podcast at sidewalkfest. Please, we'll give you a free ticket to the cinema too if, if you do it. Anyway, you won, kind of. Hell yeah. No, 100% no, you won, you won, I won. won. Are you All kidding right, me? 100%. Right. All right. Fine. You won. So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello. What is up, bra dog? We are calling you as in me and Corey. Hi. Hi. And by the way, we just came out of a segment where I talked again about Emilio Estevez's body. Like extensively. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, Rachel loves talking about Emilio. <laughs> I really the, do. The phrase bubble yeah. butt was uttered. He does. Lisa knows. Lisa knows a man butt and he's got a good little butt. Oh, yeah. He does. It's true. It's true. It's like the boss. It's like Bruce Springsteen's butt. It's it there's a reason why it's on an album cover cuz it's like one of the best butt, butts but, ever. But but is it or is he just wearing blue jeans? Oh no. Hands down, this is completely sub- this is completely objective. Mm. Bruce Springsteen has one of the best butts alive. I'll take your Lisa, word. Lisa, am I wrong? He's the boss. I agree. Reason. I agree. And I don't think it's just the blue jeans. I think jeans can do a lot, a la Traveling Pants movie reference previously. <laughs> but um, I think that objectively, yeah, I think it's really good in there. So, um, And then and Emilio right there with him. So um, I second all of Rachel's butt thoughts. Those two could have a butt off. And I don't know who'd <laughs> butt win. Off. I don't know who'd win. <laughs> Good butts. Mm, is that Good what butts. you would call it? A butt off? A butt off, mm. yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll have to ask that question to the podcast at SidewalkFest.com. Who's got a better butt? Bruce, the boss, or Emilio? I don't know. Anyway, Lisa, more importantly, what have you been watching? <laughs> We're curious. Um, okay. So, went, uh, found a movie that I missed. Tony had seen this. So, he was like, oh, you haven't seen this. we got to watch it. Um, so, I don't know if either of y'all have seen this, but um, Disturbing Behavior... Oh, no. that, that sounds familiar. I, let me hear more, though. 98. Okay, yeah. Have you, Corey, this you have is my era. So. No, this was directed by a, a big, big time X Files guy, so I was aware yeah. of it, but I yeah, never David saw it. Nutter. Yeah, I heard it was kind of bad. Wait, what was his last name? David Nutter. Oh, God Nutter. damn it. Well, he left himself Nutter. open for. He also directed a bunch of episodes of Game yeah. of Thrones, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he won like, an Emmy for that or yeah. something. Um, well, and what's crazy is we were watching it. 
And there's a scene where they go into an asylum. And in the scene, I was like, this looks just like an X-Files episode. And then later, it's like I hadn't really paid attention to who the director was. And I recognized the name when I saw it. And then I put it all together and was like, oh, he directed all these X-Files. Hell oh. yeah, he did. And so I, I literally think it was like the same exact asylum he used in an X-Files episode. Um, and I did read that he used a lot of similar, like the same crew and people he was connected with from the X-Files universe oh, for shit. this movie. And you, just, you can kind of tell. I mean, it's X-Files vibes, a little sci-fi, a little spooky, you know? I got to watch this um, immediately okay. because that, you know, that's my favorite show of all time. Um, and well, I liked it. I thought, I mean, you know, I there's, there's good bits and bad bits, but I really liked it. Let me tell you. Okay. It starts off right off the bat with, do y'all remember the song? It's the got you where I want you. Oh song. yeah, the flies. Got you the flies. Oh that yeah. Is, that is the flies. I know this song well. How did you know the flies? I got you like, where I want you. That I, doesn't doesn't that dude use like his awful falsetto like right yes. before that? Like Arr! Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So you start things off very nineteen ninety eight, like hot and heavy with the with the flies up in there. Yeah. I and, mean the name um, of the band was the flies. Like were, you think they were like well the Beatles did pretty good. Must be the flies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they had to have thought. Um, I don't know that they had the same track record. Yeah, but, they, you know, they, they did, did almost as well. well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it starts off with a song, and then there's like some teen sort of necking and more in a car at like, uh, a uh, lookout point. Uh, keep yeah. those hands and, to yourselves, teens. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then some, okay, so I don't want to totally spoil it because you guys haven't really necessarily seen it, but, um, you know, it is really old but um but i there's a few things i'll mention but yeah okay so it goes awry the guy the bro bro he kills this lady that he's sort of hooking up with and then oh. um yeah and then he mm. says i need my fluids oh. <laughs> what? Right. i don't yeah i don't like that i don't okay, like yeah he said it all, he's like i need my fluids i need my fluids and we're like what okay so um <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to give the bit, okay, so a bit of a spoiler, but it's, you know, you could probably glean this from the trailer, but, um, well, let me back it up a little. So James Marsden, Hottie Alert, is the main guy, and he looks 35, but he always looks 35, like, he still looks 35, and I looked it up, he's 49, so, like, he, he kind of looks older and then stayed that way, like, he's, you know, I mean, it's great, but. Oh, my God, um, this is like, Lisa, let me just, I got to call back for a second to some of our nicknames when we were in, you were in undergrad, and I was in grad school at the University of Alabama, Remember okay. there was that one couple that we were like, what was their nickname? It was like oh, 20, 20, to 40. 20 to 40. We couldn't tell. Oh, oh man. You could not tell with this one lady. And we <laughs> really, and we didn't mean it insulting. It's just like, wow. I mean, she is really, I think I could go either way on this. It but was the entire I mean? couple though. If you remember, it was the entire couple. It was, it was like was two You're people right. who could have easily been either 20 or 45. Like you would, couldn't tell. <laughs> oh they God. found each other, got together and they did eat a lot together in the calf. Sick. Yeah, anyway, we see them there. They, um, I, I feel like they might still look twenty or forty-five. I feel like they might. Well, so. or they look forty or sixty-five. That's now, a good point. Maybe. Good point. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry to interject. I had to though. Um, but yeah, James Morrison's in that vein where you're like, whoa, okay, he's supposed to be high school, whatever, okay, it's cool. Um, but he is also named Steve, which is definitely like a full-grown man name, but you know, yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> okay, so he, so the deal is, there's an older brother dead, and then the family moves to the small town in Washington to sort of pick up and make a new start for, for Steve and then his younger do- uh, sister, Lindsay. And, um, you know, there's like a dead brother nightmare dream, that whole thing. Um, so Steve, I mean, yeah, Steve, James, he's um, kind of taken in a day one at the lunch, in the lunchroom by the stoner dudes. 
Hell and they yeah. give him the whole very, you know, breakdown of all the cliques in the school and, Love you know, it. very classic scene. And apparently one of the cliques is called the Blue Ribbons. And the fellow in the beginning that needs this fluids was a Blue Ribbon. And apparently a Blue Ribbon is a really, really good student that does all the right things and says all the right things and they're great and they wear their blue jackets and they, you know, it's Stepford Wives, essentially. It's mm, like a right. Stepford of um, pod people, what's happened to these perfect teens, why are they like this kind of situation. So, um, you know, but he's friends with these, like, cool, like, stoner dudes. So he's, he's you know, he's cool right now. But um, then we meet a character whose name is Rachel. Uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. Stole my Uh-oh. name. And guess who he is played by? I can't oh my God. even imagine. I'm looking at the 19- Wikipedia page, so I, I'm not going to guess. Oh, Corey knows. 1998. Maybe he's in a show you liked a lot around then. <gasps> Carrie Russell? No. Oh. Well, that was a good guess. That was a very good it guess. It was a good um, guess. Okay. Nev I'll Campbell? If no, but also good guess. Um, Katie Holmes. Oh, Katie. <laughs> oh, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes looks like a Rachel. That's cool. Yeah. Yes, she does. She really does. Okay. And the first scene shows her. She's dancing in the back of her pickup truck. Of course dancing. she is grooving yeah with her crop top and um yeah and so she's she's like a cool like alternative you know cool girl or whatever so she's got some really good lingo so first of all gavin is the guy that sort of is the guide who takes steve under his wing and you know showing him all the clicks and telling him about the the blue ribbon perfect kids and all that um so she tells gavin so they're friends but they're you know they're like brother sister kind of friends so she tells gavin Fail to be a tumor, Gavin. Isn't that a good one? What? Like, what is that Sick burn. Sick burn. And then shortly after that, she says, sounds razor, which apparently is an affirmative. Razor. Wow. Oh, weird. Okay. I had no idea. I thought we were talking about a phone for a second. You no, know? I know. I don't even know if those were out then because, yeah. That's, that's so a good she point. Says, sounds razor. And says it all cool. Like, yeah, sounds razor. It's very cool. So I think we were trying to make razor a thing. Um, because it does come up again later, but, um, they were definitely trying and, to make that stick. They were definitely. So, okay. So apparently the gist is that these perfect teens have been programmed by this, like Dr. Oh, uh, into town and he's, you know, <clears throat> taken over all the bad teens and turned them good, you know, the drill. Um, but apparently when it's like, it's like boners drive them insane or something because, I think their programs do not be. <laughs> Can you get the dick jar out, please, Brad? Yep. <laughs> oh, man. And of course they do. They So, yeah, so that's what happened at the beginning with the ID My Fluids guy. It's like he was having, you know, feelings, and then he, it's like it makes them go haywire, and so then he killed this lady. <laughs> so, it this happens is, again. Somebody needs to get to therapy. Get to therapy. <laughs> and it's the person who wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it kind of, you know, happens to repeat it. Like, another guy, he's got a crush on Katie Holmes, and he's, like, watching her from somewhere, and then he goes, hey, why are you So the boners drive him insane, um, including lady boners. The, uh, the lady who also <laughs> kind of was, was checking Steve out. Um, so, and then, okay, so we meet a wacky janitor type while in the boiler room, which is where the, the cool kids hide their cigarettes, which, okay, Buffy also did this, where they kids would just hang out in like the catacombs of their own high school. Yeah. Like, did that happen in real life? Like, was I just not cool enough to be invited to the boiler room, or like, did, did that really happen, or is this just a nineties, you know, teen you know, supernatural? That program? didn't happen at my school. We no, nor at mine. 
which to my knowledge does okay, not okay. have a boiler really ring. And I will say, if there had been some kind of a storage closet or something like that, I definitely would have known about it. Now, what I can tell you, Lisa, is that if you were tardy to a class, you had to go get a get a like a hall pass or what have you, and you had to go get that hall pass yeah. at my at my high school from somebody named Mrs. Jones. And Mrs. Jones okay. had, and let me tell you how old I am. Mrs. Jones would smoke in her office, and nobody oh, wow. said anything about it. And so I remember once a friend of mine who kind of came into class a little bit late, my teacher looked at them and said, Josh, have you been smoking? And he was so quick on his little toes that he said, no, I've been to Mrs. Jones's office, nice. which was a complete lie. He had been smoking. But I, I, I mean, what a great thing to have up your sleeve. What anyway. Thank you, Mrs. Jones, for all the high school smoking kids out exactly. there. Exactly. But there were, so I'm just telling you, if there had been a catacomb, I would have known about it. And I, there was, no. I don't, don't think there was. But I appreciate that that's, maybe that's a northern thing. Well, us southerners don't know about it. Yeah, like Washington State or something. But, right. Um, yeah, so, you know, you got the, the sort of janitor, and he's kind of, he's special. Um, and what's interesting about, well, I don't want to give you the, I'm not going to spoil it. Since y'all Please are don't, because I'm watching definitely it. watching this. This, <laughs> this is good. promising. But I'll give you a few more little tips and fun things. Okay, so Rachel, uh, Katie Holmes, she is killing it with the one-liners because um, at, at some point, um, Gavin, our sort of cool guy guide, he does get got by these blue ribbon types. Yeah. Hello, Gavin. Pants. Girl by. And uh, he shows up in the lunchroom, and he's not all, you know, cool guy with his long hair and whatever. He's got, like, his little, you know, little sportsy jacket on, looking all preppy. And then she says, who put acid in my spam? Oh, my God. They, were, they were trying so hard, though. I mean, just really going for it here. This is incomprehensible. This, this lingo. Right shortly after that, we had another razor affirmative. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, and so, like, I think we even got a third one. I think there were three total razors that she said. So, I mean, she, they really were making that a thing or trying to make a thing. But I never heard it, anybody say it. So it must just not have permeated the culture enough. Um, but, okay, so, also, I mentioned the asylum. They have to go to an asylum and do some poking around. And while, as they're running away from the spooky asylum, once the orderlies, you know, got wins that they were there, um, another 90s banger plays, and it's Flagpole Sitta by Harvey Danger. Oh, you know what? Harvey yeah. Danger has come to the Sidewalk Film Festival. What? The gentleman really? who wrote that song and performed that song is also a filmmaker and has come to the Sidewalk. Sick! Film Festival back wow. m- many years ago, like back in year two of my programming. Isn't that well, wild? That's cool. Agreed. Is his name Harvey Danger? No, his name is not, but somebody called him that for sure. You know what I mean? Like if they were like, hey, yeah. Harvey. They, they saw know. him at the bar and they like, knew. what's up, yeah. Harvey Danger? Yeah. And he, he, he wasn't upset Flagpole about Sitter. it. He was basically Let's like, go. whatever, dude, that, that song totally pays for my life. So yeah, hell yeah. I think it does. Get yeah, paid, man. Harvey. <laughs> I mean, you still hear it. That dude's still getting checks, man. Yeah, hell you know? yeah. Oh, you, um, you know, and it did make me think, why, why don't we hear, do you hear Got You Where I Want You as much? I no. Like no. No. As, right, as much as. I had that mm-hmm. song on a mini disc. <laughs> oh, wow. Remember those things? Can y'all remember those little uh-huh, chunky monkeys? Uh-huh. Yeah, I had that on a mini disc and it would, you know. Well, and they reprised it at the end over the credits. It's like there's, 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 they paid for it. Let them use it. They yeah. paid for that shit. Absolutely. And you know, I read that 
music video features James and, and Katie. They both oh, get along. Really? That I had no idea, idea about. I'll have to go take a look at that. That's getting added to the Sidewalk playlist. And I know all the front of house staff is going to be super psyched about it, like yep. they are about the rest of my playlist. I, you know, as as beloved as the flies are still today, it's a surprise that we don't hear that song. Look, they're probably playing at Iron City tonight. I mean, you I joke, they but they they might be. Um. Okay. Well, you know, a couple of minutes because, like I said, I don't want to give them spoilers because it was God. It was. A, I enjoyed watching it. Like, I really did. Um. Okay. There's three different Coca Cola placements, mm-hmm. and. Um, I mean, that happens in a lot of movies, you know what I mean? But I just said it, it was, you know, they didn't want only the baddies, because the baddies have some Cokes. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, Coca-Cola. Like, what are you trying to do? Be associated. But then there's an entire scene where James, it's like, okay, James Marsden opens the fridge, looks in, sees a Coke, reaches for it, pulls it out, opens it, holds it up, takes a huge swig, and then we continue on with the rest of the scene. Where That's one of the times when the lady boner goes haywire. But, like, wh- it just felt like, okay, we got to devote a lot of time to the Coca-Cola, which is an outrage because, apparently, when David Nutter uh, did his director's cut for this, it was 115 minutes long. Holy and shit. It, um, yeah, they were like, oh, you got to cut this down, blah, blah, blah. And then he did, and they still thought it was too long. So he cut it down to, I think, 95 and then they took it back and made someone else cut it, and they cut it down to 72 minutes. And every time they cut it, they did these screenings, and a lot of people complain, you know, like, why is it, why, you know, this is too short, nothing makes sense. So then they recut it, and he at some point wanted to even take his name off of it. But I think they landed around 84 minutes. And um, you can still tell, though, that it's, it's like, a bit choppy because – there's, there's just a lot of stuff where you're like, wait, we didn't ever hear about that again. Or, oh, well, I right. would have liked some more with that, you know. And apparently mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that they cut, according to MGM, was talk, adult stuff. Like parents, him talking to his parents and parents talking to each other about their kids and the cops talking and just all these, you know, adults in town. Which I think as a also adult, I guess, apparently, would have made this a lot more exposition and, you know, help fill the story in. But... The studio thought, you know, the teens don't want to watch adults. So, as, as viewers, like, you know, the audience. So That's true. They cut a lot of that. I mean, it's true. I still it's, don't. I fast forward through any adult part of any film ever. I just want to see kids. That's it. <laughs> Somebody isolate that line that Rachel just said and and just repeat it. Adults are boring. I just want to see adults kids. Let's be real. Adults are boring. You know what's funny about this? All of this could have been resolved in pre-production. You know what I mean? Like, what if the why studio they, read the script? Yeah, why did they greenlight a you know a hundred and thirty page script that they clearly was a mess? You know, or, or at least they clearly knew that wasn't going to be something that would be released. This is crazy. Yeah, they can. There's a bunch of adults talking on the script before they right. even shoot it. Right. And then cut it it's out. there. Exactly. It didn't suddenly appear unless it was a Kubrick film. But anyway, apparently, sorry. He, um, there, so, you know, only this one test screening audience in maybe 1998 got to see this full 115 minute long version. And then apparently he, the director, gave it to Fangoria a few years ago and they got to see it and they really liked it. Wow. So there's all these people that are like allegedly seeing the longer form version and they kind of want to see it again. And um, the studio will not release it, not even on a DVD. But... There are, I think, some deleted scenes on the DVD that other that you can watch, and people have like spliced them back into the full feature, so you can kind of see more of a longer movie. But um, you know, I mean, it would be nice if it was a little longer, but yeah, it just it it still was good. Um, there is an alternative ending. Which well, let we me did look let up, me say I- this real quick. Let me just interject though yeah. and say 
bringing a 124 minute cut of a horror film to Fangoria and seeing and being like, what do you think? Is like bringing me a pizza. Like if you want a good <laughs> review for me on, You're just right. bring me any pizza and I'm going to say something positive about it because you know what? It's fucking pizza. So when you bring a horror <laughs> film to Fangoria, they're like, fuck yeah, let's put it on the cover. How they how they even figure out what to leave out? I don't think anything is left out. Anyway, sorry, I just they, had to say that, like was, an, what they that like. was an obvious you know pass to somebody who's going to tell them yes, this whole thing should be released. Sure. Anyway, I mean, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off there, Lisa. Oh no, no, I was just saying there's an alternative ending that we did watch later on YouTube, and I actually do think that I like the theatrical ending slightly better. So I, I do think that was change that maybe was good but i think still a lot of other stuff that may or may not have been cut i would have appreciated in sure. there as just you know addition and stuff so if ever there is a director's cut release of this i probably will watch it just to you know fill in the blanks a little bit yeah but but, uh, but yeah it was it was still really fun and it was very you know uh teens and high school and spooky and sci-fi and no parents homes and, and no parents um so, yeah, I, I would recommend. And it was fun. It was 1998-ish, you know, what with the Harvey Danger and the Flies. So uh, I dug it. Well, I think Corey needs to see this. I think I do, too, even though it sounds like the, you know, 98 X-Files guy version of the Magnificent Ambersons, <laughs> a compromised yeah, movie that will never uh, see the full the fullness of its vision realized, oh, man. which is disappointing. Take your name off of their nutter. Um, oh you know what I do think though we need to try to work Razor in. We need to. We need to. That's how we can cele- oh celebrate this film. Let's work it into our dialogue and see if it gets picked up. I'm going to see the movie first before I make any decisions along those lines. I'm not. We'll do it, uh, Lisa. We'll work it done. So yeah, I'm going to take away a lot from this, and um, I don't know that I'm going to take. What was the tumor one? I didn't. I didn't quite <laughs> fail yeah. to get tumor again. I'm not so sure about that one, just from a syntax standpoint. <laughs> but, um, but who put acid in my spam and razor? I'm definitely going to take away. 100%. Mm-hmm. All right, Bross. Well, we'll <laughs> let you go so you can go watch. Go see if you can locate and find the 120-whatever-minute version of this and take a look at it and fill in all those parent blanks. But, um, but we'll talk to you uh, next time. Okay, sounds good. Bye. Bye. Dude. Bye. Well, thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic Tarantino and Brewster McCloud. Um, I does he does he have beef with that movie? Uh, yes, Brewster McCloud, as in the 1970 film. And here's Tarantino's quote on it: "It's the cinematic equivalent of having a bird shit on your head." Wow. Yeah, he didn't like it. Clearly. You know, I, I I have not seen Brewster McCloud, but I am fond of Robert Altman in general. So you know. Uh, Tarantino loves to f- flap his mouth about other films and he's, he's a provocateur. So mm-hmm. he likes to, you know, he likes to say stuff and get a rise out of people. But anyway, you're not upset because you haven't seen the film. Yeah. You would probably I, defend Altman, but maybe not to Tarantino. Yeah. Well, you know, he's entitled to his weird opinion and he has a lot of weird opinions. Yeah. So whatever. He also just likes to make comments like that. Yeah. Anyway, thanks to Batwell Studios. And thank you for listening. Why don't you take a moment now to visit SidewalkFest.com or follow us on social media at SidewalkFilm. We've got movies playing at our cinema. 
We've got passes going on sale for the 25th annual Sidewalk Film Festival on May 1st. Uh, the festival, of course, is the end of August in downtown Birmingham. So look, go to SidewalkFest.com, get your tickets to a movie at the cinema, get your passes to the Sidewalk Film Festival, and say hello to us, or say what's up ding-dongs to us. Not to when me. You Don't say us. that shit to me. Bye. Boutwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.